What a joy it is to be together here today, and what a joy it is to have the text of Scripture here this morning read in Spanish, and uh, I would certainly enjoy that every Sunday. So if you have your Bible with you, please turn with me to Philippians chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 3, and we are working our way down through verse 11. And as you're turning there, it is a reminder as we read this passage, as it was just read to us a moment ago, what a joy it is to know Christ and what a joy it is as we look around and we, as we hear the praise and glory given to our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, what reason we have for thanks. And then as you're turning here into the book of Philippians, be reminded here that we are thanking God for our partnership in the gospel, that we gather together here today, not because we share common culture, not because we would typically share common food, not because we share common real estate, but because we share a common Savior. What a joy it is to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And so in that passage of Scripture that was read a moment ago, read with me again, and we'll just work verse by verse. I'll read just the first couple of verses, and as we see in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, we read this. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. That as the Apostle Paul thinks of the Philippian church, and as he looks around and he thinks about where they are and what they're doing, as he closes his eyes in prayer for his Philippian brothers and sisters, he does so with gratitude, with thankfulness in his heart toward God. And you can imagine he was giving thanks for very specific circumstances, because if you remember the Philippian church as it began in the book of Acts, you remember Lydia And meeting Lydia on the side of the river, and as she came to know Christ as her Savior and Lord, and our entire family was baptized. Not long after that, there was a slave girl who was redeemed and saved by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then, as soon as Paul was thrown into prison, we recognized God did a miraculous work, not only in getting him back out of that prison, but more than that, saving that Philippian jailer and his family as well. So as the Apostle Paul thinks about his brothers and sisters in Christ in Philippi, as he thinks of his brothers and sisters in Christ around the world, as we think of one another and make right application of this text of Scripture, let us look around the room here today and give thanks to our God and Savior. What reason we have for thankfulness to God. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy. Because we can look around the room and see testimonies of the gospel. We can look around the room and be reminded that the same grace of God in Jesus Christ that met me as I was dead in my trespasses and sin and by his spirit made me alive in Christ Jesus is the same gospel that reached you as well. That we gather together and rejoice in that. And so we have these prayers that are lifted up with a heart full of joy. That we ought to see one another as reason to rejoice. This is bigger than just the festival of nations. This means that when we run into each other in the grocery store, we have reason to rejoice. That when we see one another in the hallways of this facility that God has provided for us, we rejoice. That as we have memories shared with one another, as we have memories of this day here today, that we would be reminded to rejoice in what God has done. He says, I thank my God. In all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making my prayer with joy. Why? He says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
Brothers and sisters, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord here today, we are partners in the gospel. The word itself is koinonia, the whole idea of fellowship in the truth, that we share together in the gospel. Now, there are all manner of reasons that people get together and fellowship one with another. Now, many of us celebrated fellowshipping yesterday even as we think about sports. And even as I mentioned football here today, I may be thinking of an oblong-looking ball that looks strange to many of you. And when I say football, you may be thinking of something entirely different. But praise be to God, our fellowship is not merely in sports here today. We're going to share together some wonderful food, and I'm looking forward to every bit of it. We have got plates bigger than your chest, ready to be filled with all the delectable goodies that are ready to go. But I can tell you our fellowship is much deeper than plates and food. Brothers and sisters, our fellowship, our partnership is in the gospel. That we, though sinful, we are dead in our trespasses and sins without Christ. Before Christ, we had nothing but God in His love and in His grace sent Jesus Christ who lived in perfect righteousness, was tempted in every way as we are and yet without sin, went to the cross and died there enduring the full outpouring of the wrath of God against our sin that all who repent and believe have forgiveness and everlasting life in His name. And three days later, He rose from the dead. What an amazing gospel we have and what partnership that we have that not only lasts through today, but lasts for all eternity. Brothers and sisters, thank God for our partnership in the gospel together here today from the first day until now. Now, as the Apostle Paul is thinking of the Philippians, he's thinking of the first time they heard the gospel, that when they came to faith in Christ and knew Him as Savior and Lord, and you can start rejoicing and thanking the Lord from that moment, but that is certainly not where the story ends. That's not where the story ends for any one of us. We ought always to thank God for new life in Christ. What reason we have for rejoicing in our brother being baptized here today? There's always reason for rejoicing in new life. But praise be to God that salvation in Jesus Christ is not only new life, it is enduring life. Because the next thing that he says here in verse 6 is this. He says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. See, we live in a world that is full of uncertainty. Many of us have come in here with minds heavy of all manner of uncertainties in our own lives. And see, even as the Apostle Paul is writing to the Philippians here and as he is speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to them, notice what he is sure of. He says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. The certainty is in God himself, that what God has begun in you, he will finish, that when God saves, he sustains a faith that is alive, endures, and continues, and flourishes, and grows. He says, I'm certain of this, that he who began that work in you when you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. So that we can know that every single day that we have, God is at work in our hearts and lives. God is making us ever increasingly more like Christ. That as we feast upon his word, that as you gather together in your individual church fellowships, and as you have church groups, and as you have Bible studies, as you you spend your time individually in his word and on your knees before God in prayer, God is at work in you. He is shaping you, and He is not only using all of those individual moments, He's using this moment right now, brothers and sisters. 
that we ought always to rejoice in the fact that our God who saves is our God who sustains, that our God who started the work will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Which means because the day of Christ Jesus has not come yet, He's still at work. He's still at work in you. He's still sanctifying your hearts and shaping you ever increasingly into the likeness of Christ. What reason we have for thankfulness to God and our partnership in the gospel. You see, one of the joyful things as we have opportunity not only to fellowship like this on the Festival of Nations, but in every opportunity we get to see one another. We can thank God for this. That as we see one another in the hallway and as we greet one another on a regular Sunday morning and we just shake hands and say hello, we may not know each other's names all the time, we may not know each other's faces all the time, but we can take comfort in the fact that our God who saves is the God who sustains. We ought always to rejoice together in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God for our partnership in the gospel. See, he says, it's right for me to feel this way about you all. Because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. He says, it's right for me to feel this way because I hold you in my heart. Do you hear the depth of affection that's being expressed there? Because though he was separated by a great deal of distance from where he was writing the letter to the Philippians and where the Philippian church was, his affection was there. Why? Because they're family. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord here today, we are brothers and sisters. We are family. And that though we may not share the same culture, though we may not even share the same language, we are family in Christ. We share God as our Father. And so the depth of affection that we have in the love of God in our hearts ought to permeate everything that we do and every bit of fellowship that we have, every opportunity we have to worship one with another, that we ought to look around the room here today, look down the pew, look at one another, and just let the love of God swell your hearts with gratitude in what He has done and what He continues to do. Brothers, this is right to feel this way. It's right for us to be brought to tears as we hear holy, holy, holy sung in multiple different languages. It is right for us to be brought to tears as a brother is brought into the fold and he is baptized and identified his life with Christ. It is right for us to rejoice together as we pray with one another and lift our concerns and our cares before the Lord. It is right for us to have this swell of affection because it is God's love in our hearts that we did not put there, but God himself did, and we ought always to rejoice in it together. Thanks be to God for our partnership together in the gospel. He says, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. The same word that's being used here for partakers is similar to the one in partnership It's the whole idea of close partnership together, of a close affiliation, as he says it, with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Notice what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He's saying the grace of God that's sufficient for me as I suffer is the grace of God that's sufficient for you to care for me while I'm suffering. 
The grace of God that's sufficient for me as I defend the gospel and make him known. And as God works out the wonders of the confirming power of the gospel where it just proves true. That as you share Christ with one another. That as you share Christ with your loved ones and your neighbors and your friends. And God brings them to new life in Christ. Raises them from the dead and they trust in Jesus as, your save, as Savior and Lord. And the, the gospel is yet again confirmed. He says the grace that encourages you to do that very thing is the grace that encourages me to do that very thing. Brothers and sisters, we draw from the same source. We are partakers together of grace. We are drawing from the same Lord, the same God, the same King, the same Savior, the same gracious Lord Himself, so that in all of our good days, in all of our bad days, in all of the wonders of what God has done, and all of the things that we lift before the Lord, pleading for Him to do, brothers and sisters, we are partakers together of grace. God giving us what we do not deserve. Because if God were merely just, we would all stand condemned. But God is both just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Partakers together of grace. He says, for God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. That our thankfulness to God for one another expresses our love. And that the deeper our love, the deeper our thanks. Is the love of God at work in your hearts together here today, brothers and sisters? Has he awakened your heart to see what reason we have to rejoice? We may have come in here hearing all the bad news around us, but look around. Look at what God has, has done. Look at what our God is doing. Look at what our God will do as we walk together with him in Christ. And that our affection would yearn, as he describes it here, I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. It's not love that we just simply drum up in ourselves. We're not looking around and saying, look at how different we all are and we love each other on the basis of our differences. No, it's the love of God at work in our hearts that we love because he first loved us and that out of the overflow of the love that we have for him, we turn around and love one another. It's a miracle of God that we have at work in our hearts here today, brothers and sisters. And may God stir our affections continually for one another in this way. And that our love would be expressed in the gratitude that we share. Maybe that'll be when you meet somebody for the first time today and you give them a hug because the baklava was so good. Maybe that's when you sit down at a table and you don't necessarily share the same language, but you're able to communicate through the love of Christ. Brothers and sisters, thank God for our partnership together in the gospel. But hear me. Don't let it stop there, and don't let it stop here. Because we can talk about this once a year and make a big deal out of it, and we ought to because God has done miraculous things in our midst. We ought to make a big deal out of it, but don't let it stop here. Take a snapshot in your mind of different people in this room that you may remember. Because when this day comes to a close and you ask yourself, okay, then what now? Listen to how the text answers that question. Verse 9 says, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. 
that we ought to pray for abundant growth in Christ for one another. That as we give thanks to God for what He has done, we pray, Lord, continue to do more. Continue to lift one another up before the Lord and pray that your love may abound more and more. That your love for the Lord Jesus Christ may abound more and more. That perhaps you have come in here and your love has grown cold and stale over the course of years. But God in His grace is awakening your heart afresh today. That you may love Him and abound in love for Him. And then in abounding in love for Christ, you may turn around and abound in love for one another. Brothers and sisters, let us pray this for each other. Let us look one another in the eye and pray this for one another. That your love may abound more and more, but notice it's not just love that he's throwing out there. He says love with knowledge and all discernment. Love that is thread through the lens of truth. There are a lot of bad ideas of love that float around everybody's different society. But the ultimate demonstration in love is this, that God demonstrated His own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is the full, final, beautiful expression of love that we must look to and live through. And that as we understand God's word, as we connect ourselves into the truth of God and see what God is doing there, how he's teaching us, that as we grow in our knowledge of him, as we grow in our knowledge of who God is and what God has done and what God promises, that our love would abound more and more. Brothers, we're praying that, brothers and sisters, we are praying that you would grow in your walk with Christ. And that as we grow together, individually in our, in our unique congregations, we do things differently in different congregations. We acknowledge that. We may say things a little bit differently in different congregations. We acknowledge that. We may sing a little differently in different congregations. We acknowledge that. Brothers and sisters, we are praying that your love for Christ would abound more and more and that God would unite us together in such a way in his love that this world would look around and say, only God could do that. That your love would abound not only with knowledge but with all discernment, which discernment is really just the application of truth taking the truth of God and living it out in life, walking and understanding the difference between what is real and genuine and what is false or what is true and what is false. Brothers and sisters, let us pray for one one another that your love may abound more and more with all knowledge and discernment. Why? So that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. He says, so that you may approve what is excellent. It's interesting because he's using a word picture there. He's saying that you would approve what is different. What's different about all of this? Look at what the gospel does. Look at how the gospel unites Look at how Christ takes people from every tribe, nation, color, and tongue and unites them together in a way that is unexplainable without the truth of Jesus. Look at what He does. So that we may approve what is excellent, that we may approve what differs from the standards of this world, that we may approve what is excellent in the eyes of God Himself and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. That we would be pure, as it's described here, discerned by light. 
that oftentimes when you want to know whether or not something is real or fake, or if you want to know the genuineness of something, what do you do? You hold it up to the light. Maybe you've been to that jeweler before whenever you were going to ask that dear lady to marry you. You said, let me see that stone, and then what do you do? You hold it up before the light. You may not have a clue in the world what you're looking at, but you want to see how it refracts the light. The light of God's holiness is bearing down upon us. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We need God in our hearts and Christ to save us from our sin so that in Him we are clothed in His righteousness and that He who began a good work in us will bear that out as we walk in holiness with Him for the day of Christ. That's what He means when He says blameless for the day of Christ. Holy. Holy both in the sense that how we live reflects the moral standards of God himself and holy also in the sense that our entire lives are set apart for the glory of God in Jesus Christ. What a picture we have laid out in front of us here. He said, pray. Pray for abundant growth in Christ. Pray for an abundant growth in your love. Pray for an abundant growth in knowledge. Pray for abundant growth in discernment. Pray an abundant growth in approving what is excellent for holiness and purity for the day of Christ. And as he says it here, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Filled to capacity. Now many of us have favorite foods that we enjoy, and many of us are about to go enjoy those favorite foods. One of my favorite foods is pie, right? You just take pastry, you fill it full of some delectable fruit, and you put a a pastry top on it, and it's just loaded to the gills. So even as you bake it, it starts to sweat out all the deliciousness. Eagerness, you smell it wafting out of the oven. You want to get it out of there, and you want to dig into it. How sad would it be? If when you pulled that thing out of the oven and you cut into it, it just deflated into nothing. It was just a shell and an aroma. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what God wants for each one of us, I don't, whatever church you're from, whatever nation you may be from, wherever, whatever language you may speak, what God is calling us to is a life filled with the fruit of His righteousness where the aroma of Christ permeates everything, where our lives display the fullness of Christ within us, where we are filled with the fruit of His righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. His righteousness, not ours. So we're not walking around patting ourselves on the back saying, look at all the good things that I've done. We're saying, look at what God in Christ has done in me. That the fruit of His righteousness would not only be an understanding that We are only made righteous through faith in Jesus Christ, but then that bears itself out in how we live and that the fruit of the Spirit would then be on display. Fruit of the Spirit like what? Like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control filled to capacity in our lives, that we would enjoy what God has done and we would pray that he would continue to bear that out in the lives of one another. And notice what he says here, to the glory and praise of God. That as our growth in Christ flows from our 
walk with, uh, flows from our faith in Christ, or as we could say it this way, our sanctification flows from our justification. You must know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord first, and he continues to bear this work out in you. As this takes place in your life, it does so to the glory and praise of God. Brothers and sisters, look at what our God has done. Look at what reasons we have for thankfulness to God. Look at what reasons we have to continue to pray for one another. To pray that you and your individual church would reach your community with the gospel of Christ. That you are uniquely gifted and qualified and by a sovereign God placed in this very place for that very reason. That we pray for you. And I beg you, pray for us. Pray for one another then not only would we see the gospel go forth and lives be transformed by the goodness and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, but that we would see a deeper love for one another and that we would walk together in unity because of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, look at what God has done and trust in what God will do. But see here, as we come to the end of this passage of Scripture, I wonder if you're here this morning and maybe you walked in the door and you you just happened to come on the right day. But there's no thankfulness in your heart to God. There's no love in your heart for God. You see nothing of value in Jesus. But perhaps God in His grace by His Spirit has pierced your heart in conviction. Recognizing the fact that it's appointed a man wants to die and then comes judgment. And that by our own standard we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know good and well we have all sinned against Him. None of us is perfect and that is no excuse. We need forgiveness. We need life. We need redemption. We need hope that we cannot provide for ourselves. And I wonder if you're here this morning and you need to begin at the beginning. Hear me, brothers. Hear me, sisters. God in His love sent His Son He came in the flesh to redeem us from the curse of the law. He actually became a curse for us. He endured the full outpouring of the wrath of God against the sin of all who would repent and believe. So that no matter where you're from, no matter what language you may speak, no matter what country you may have come from, no matter where you live, no matter what you like to eat, no matter what your connections may be with anybody in this room, if you come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, you will be saved. You will be redeemed. You will be rescued. You will be drawn to him as his own child by God's grace and for his glory. But you must repent and you must believe. You must turn away from your sin and turn to Christ and trust that Jesus died on the cross for your sin and rose from the dead. And you will have forgiveness and everlasting life in his name. If you have never trusted in Jesus here today, Don't simply rejoice with all the songs. 
Don't simply rejoice with all the prayers. Don't simply rejoice with all all of the, the diversity in the room. Don't simply rejoice with all the food that God has provided. Rejoice together with us as you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. May God in his grace reach you with his mercy, draw you with his love, that you would repent of your sin and trust in Jesus crucified on the cross and risen from the dead, and that you would know from this moment on that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus, and that you can look around the room and know that you've got people praying that your love would abound more and more with all knowledge and discernment so that you may approve what is excellent, be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray together here today. Heavenly Father, you're amazing. Thank you for Jesus. Father, we pray that you would awaken new life here today. Lord, that certainly in this room today, there are people who do not yet know you. People who have yet to turn away from their sin, who are still dwelling in the darkness. And Father, we pray that you in your, the light of your holiness would pierce the darkness. Would bring people to a clear understanding of conviction of their own sin. That they would recognize they have sinned against the righteous and holy God. And Father, that they would turn away from their sin and trust in Jesus Christ, crucified on the cross, risen from the dead, and would have forgiveness and everlasting life in His name. Father, bear out new life in Christ in our midst. Father, we have rejoiced so well so far, and Father, may we continue to do so. Lord, we look around and give thanks to you for what you have done, and Father, we look forward to giving thanks to you for what you are going to do. And Lord, in all things and in every way, we pray for one another. May our love abound. May we grow in our walk with you. Father, may it all be to your great glory. And Lord, we pray that as we respond to the truth of Christ here today, that you would be magnified, you would be honored, you would be glorified, and we would have yet more reasons to give thanks to you again. Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' mighty name and for his glory. Amen.